Welcome to the Lingostown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. In this sermon, Pastor Rachel preaches about how to keep our light shining. This sermon was originally preached at Lingostown Life on November 19th, 2023. Many of you have noticed and pointed out the tattoo that is on my left wrist. If you haven't noticed, I have a tattoo on my left wrist. Uh, If you have noticed, some of you have asked, what's the story behind that? And months ago, I remember telling someone I should probably bring it up in a sermon sometime. And that time has finally come. That was months ago this summer. Uh, If you are tattooed, I would love to hear the story of your tattoo. So for those of you online, you're welcome to type in the comments during my sermon of your tattoo story. If if any of you have tattoo stories, I love hearing them because I think they're so unique. But here is mine. There's a picture to go with it. Uh, When I joined a young adult missionary program for three years after college, I was commissioned at the start of those three years, and I was given a necklace that had what I call an anchor cross on it that looked like this tattoo. And over two and a half years later, I saw someone else that was part of that program with with this same anchor cross tattooed onto their ankle. And I thought, if I would ever get a tattoo... That's what I would get. And I said that to my coworker in Seattle right before I was, I was a month out, maybe even weeks out from moving back to the East Coast. And my coworker in Seattle said, you should get it. And it can be your last big thing that you do in Seattle. And I thought about it for a little bit, not sure if I would really go through with it because tattoos are permanent, you know. But then she found a Groupon for a tattoo parlor. <laughs> And the tattoo parlor was right down the street from my apartment in front of my bus stop. And she emailed it to me saying, it's a sign. You can do it. So it was days before I got on a plane. I I think it was a Thursday, and I moved on a Monday and went to the tattoo parlor with my two coworkers. And there is the result. Now, at the time, I wanted to get this tattoo as a reminder of my three years of service, kind of a commemoration of that all, but also as a reminder that even if I would no longer be considered a missionary as I was for those three years, that I was still called to be in mission. But the greatest reaction to my tattoo came from my grandfather. I do not come from a tattooed family. I was the first one to be tattooed that I know of. Uh, And so when I moved back to the East Coast soon after this, my grandmother had our whole family over for a big meal to welcome me home. And I decided, my immediate family knew, but I decided to not say anything to my grandparents just to see if they would notice. And I remember very clearly looking at my grandfather when he spotted my tattoo, maybe during prayer or something, seeing it and getting kind of wide-eyed. And so a little later, I said to him, you know, you can ask me about my tattoo if you want to. And I told him the story, and this was his response. He said, well, isn't that amazing? This just opens up a world of possibilities for you. You could be sitting on the bus in D.C., because that's where I was moving to. You could be sitting there, and you could just turn to the person next to you and say, excuse me, sir, did you happen to notice my tattoo? (laughs) 
And, and it'll be a form of evangelism for you to spread the gospel. And, and I responded, uh-huh, yeah, sure. <laughs> You're right. Um, so today concludes our series. We've gone through five weeks of talking about essential practices that help us in our walk with Christ. And so we've discussed worship and service and study and giving. And now today is our last practice, which is sharing our faith, witnessing to our faith or sharing our faith. And this is, might be one of the most difficult practices out of the five for most people because that E-word, evangelism, can seem daunting and scary at times. There can be a lot of pressure and, and it makes people uncomfortable. We no doubt in Harrisburg probably have seen people sharing their faith in ways that are sometimes pushy and off-putting. And we don't want to seem like those people, right? The street preachers with the megaphones. Uh, but we also know a rule that may be spoken or unspoken in your family at gatherings. I don't know if this is instilled in any of the gatherings on Thursday, but there's two things that you don't talk about at gatherings, especially where a mixed company is involved. Politics, right, and religion. How many of you have that rule in your home when people gather because you know that you live in a divided house, right? So <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about why we share our faith and how we share our faith. And we're going to start with our scripture that comes from Matthew chapter 5. This is Jesus speaking, speaking to the crowd. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Now, this comes from what is known as Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and I often quote the one line in here, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, um, on Christmas Eve when all the lights are out and the candlelight is lit across the room. But there's something that caught my attention recently in a scripture that I've heard many times that I hadn't really thought of before. Because this is part of a sermon, we expect Jesus to be giving his listeners instruction. But instead of telling them what to do, Jesus is telling them what they are. I don't know if you caught it. As we read, we can imagine Jesus saying this to us too. He's telling us what we are. First, salt. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. He doesn't say, be the salt of the earth. He doesn't say, if you are kind to others and do your homework, you'll be the salt of the earth. He's saying, now, you are no qualifiers. You are salt because you exist. Salt adds flavor. It adds seasoning. It preserves. Back in the first century when Jesus shared this story, farmers would salt their fields because the right mix of minerals would help crops to grow. And if you look at the original Greek word of earth, 
It actually means ground or dirt. So you could also say that we are salt for the dirt that helps things to grow. We are salt that makes things taste better, enhances something else. The second is light. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Now. He doesn't say, be the light of the world. He doesn't say, someday, if you pray these exact words enough or read your Bible enough, then you'll be the light of the world. No, you are now. No qualifiers. You are light simply because you exist. And Jesus then compares that light to a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. High above for all to see. It reminds me of when I'm coming down North Mountain Road and I see our steeple from far away. So we can be seen whether we want to or not. If you are part of this church, then you are a representative of Christ, whether you want to be or not. Both salt and light are commodities. They weren't as easily accessible in the first century. Now we we can get them pretty easily, but back then, They couldn't be produced easily on their own. They are gifts of creation, but they require ingenuity and to have enough and conserve enough to use. But they both sustain life. They don't exist for themselves, and they only fulfill their purpose when they're used. And salt doesn't do any good sitting on a counter, right? It only fulfills its purpose when we pour it on vegetables to make them taste better, at least I do. Light bulbs and candles do no good just sitting on their stands. They only fulfill their purpose when they're lit, right? And that's who we are. You are the salt of the earth. You add flavor. You make things tasty. And you are the light of the world. You make things brighter just by existing. Do you believe this to be true? Do you believe it to be true? You are made to share, to make the world a better place. You were made to share your life and your gifts and your stories so that others might know Jesus, and it would be the biggest ripple effect that the world has ever seen. But shining that light can be difficult, right? I said just minutes ago that evangelism can be scary, It's not a natural thing to share your faith with people outside of your Christian bubble. But if we take the word apart, we can translate evangelism in this way. We can translate it as good news-ism. Good news-ism. It's good news that we are sharing with the world. And we're called to share it because there are too many in this world that believe that they're just not enough for God's love not sober enough, or not good enough, or smart enough, or rich enough to be loved by God. Jesus is God's response to the human condition. God saw all the pain and the hurt and the loneliness and the lovelessness that was in the world and decided to send Jesus to be the answer to the questions we ask and the fulfillment of the longings that are in our soul. 
And so Jesus came and he healed and he loved and he showed us a way to life. He died and then he rose again, but then he didn't stop there. He said, you all got to go and tell somebody about it. Tell someone about what happened and about what is happening because it's good news that all need to know. I saw a pastor once describe it in this way. To imagine that you had the cure for a very difficult form of cancer. And only you had it. No one else had the cure but you. But then imagine yourself saying, well, I'm just going to keep this cure for cancer to myself just in case I get it someday. Who would do that? You wouldn't do that. It makes no sense, right? You share something like that. Now, you all, I hope, have somebody in your life that shared their faith in Jesus with you. And we invited you to share that at the beginning of the service of who might be responsible for you being in church or for you coming to faith in, in Jesus. So I'm curious, how many of you came to church or to faith because of your parents or grandparents and what they instilled in you? Many of you. Okay, how many of you came through a friend that invited you to come to church or others? A few of you. How many of you came to this church because a friend invited you? Different question. Some of the same. Yeah, more of you. Okay. So from there, it might have been a pastor or a leader that was influential. We can name those people in our life as well. But all of that happened because of an invitation that started it all. And maybe that person is in this room today. Maybe not. But it changed the course of your life. So often, I think we cover our light like a bushel that Jesus talks about. And we do it unintentionally, maybe. There are so many different forms of bushels in our life that can cover our lights. Maybe it's a lack of confidence. Maybe we want to compare ourselves to others or compare our church to other churches, and we think that we're not good enough, so we're just not even going to ask. And that comparison game, it's a game that I play really well, it hides our light. It blocks out God's light. But maybe your bushel looks like a bushel of fear. What will people think if I tell them that I'm praying for them? Or what if they say no to an invite that I give them to church? Or what if a meal is awkward if I pause to pray before it? Sometimes we might feel that way in restaurants, right? Or what if someone treats me differently once they know that I'm a Christian? And that land of what if gets us nowhere. It's a land of darkness because what if keeps us from shining our light. And lights don't magically end up under bushels. Light can only be covered when a bushel is put over it. And that seems obvious, right? No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel. That would just be silly, right? <laughs> Bushels only block out light when we put them there. No one can put a bushel over your light but you. No one can put a bushel over your light but you. And you were made to shine. But how, right? How? I do not believe that we are called to walk up to strangers and to say, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you would be tomorrow? That is not what we are called to do. Maybe that worked years ago, but I do not believe that God calls us to approach people that way. 
uh, because it's not very effective. <laughs> and I love my grandfather, but I also have never felt called to ask a stranger, did you happen to notice my tattoo? Let me tell you this story about my tattoo that you didn't even ask for. I do not believe that we are called to just tell people the story without their prompting. Um, we can wait for somebody to approach us and ask us. But when we do, I think it's important to be ready and to be open to that opportunity that comes. If someone were to ask you, why are you a Christian? Do you have an answer to that question? What would you say? How does Jesus make a difference in your life? Everyone's answer is different, but that's what I think makes the body of Christ so beautiful. And your story could be the story that changes the course of a life of another person just by sharing your story. Sometimes sharing your faith is just being yourself being honest about who you are whenever that moment arises. And sometimes it might be a bit more intentional. So maybe you know someone that's going through a tough time and you just say, hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. That's easy, not threatening, just I'm praying for you. Or social media is the least threatening form of evangelism. For those of you who are online, there's 16 people online right now. Um, we made a new sign to let us know who else is part of our community online. And you all can just press that share button. And that's a form of evangelism right there. Y'all can go home and share Linglestown life on social media. That's a form of evangelism, of sharing your faith. Um, and maybe you have a coworker or a neighbor who you know doesn't go to church. And so sharing your faith means extending that invitation it could be, hey, we're having a cantata on December 2nd. Do you want to come? I'm going to be in it, or I'm not going to be in it. I'll watch it with you. There's cookies afterwards. It's great. It's so easy, right? You could invite them to Christmas Eve if that's less threatening than a Sunday morning, right? Um, yeah, there were pies today. That was how Hal invited people <laughs> to come. <laughs> um, but the worst-case scenario in all of this is that somebody will say no. That's the worst case scenario, and that's not really a big deal, right? That's the worst that can happen. And so I, I have challenges for you. There's this little card that we gave out five weeks ago that has a challenge for each one of these practices. Um, and uh, Jason Mackey, who preached for me on the first week, changed the challenge, telling people to pray seven times a day instead of five. These cards are still in the back if, if you didn't get one. And so because Jason changed the first one, I'm going to change this, the last one a little bit. Um, it says to share your faith with five people a year. I challenge you to invite someone to church, five, five, five different people to church in a year. You have a year to do it. Five people to church. And I invite you to share your faith in some way five times a month maybe once a week. Now, again, you're not walking up to someone and asking them if they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. You're wearing a Linglestown Life shirt, or you're posting on social media. There's so many little ways that you can, you can share your faith with others that aren't threatening, okay? Um, so I did some math that I wanna share with you. I'm not a math person, but I did some math on this. So let's imagine what those numbers would be. Between both services and online, 
there are about 150 to 175 people that worship here. Okay, last week we had 165, so we're going to go with that number. If each of those persons, 165 of us, invited five of their friends to church in this next year, that would be 825 people that are invited to church. They would not come, but that's a lot of, that's a lot of people to know, right? So sharing your faith, if all of those 165 people shared their faith five times a month, that would be 825 witnesses to faith a month and 9,900 witnesses to faith in a year. Let's just round that up to 10,000. Can you imagine the impact that that could have, the ripple effect that that could have? You are salt. You are light. Not tomorrow, not when Jesus returns, not for yourself or for others, but for the glory of God. And I see it every week here. The story of Linglestown life is beautiful. It's a story of kids who are gathered right behind us in our nursery, running amok in there, having fun with loving, loving leaders, or kids that are a little further up in classrooms learning about Jesus' love. And in about 10 to 15 minutes, they're going to run through this place, and they're going to run amok, and they're going to eat cookies, and they're going to run amok some more. And they go crazy here, and my kids have friends that they love here because of that. But what they will remember, I think what they will remember, is that they had a place to call their own, that they had a place where they were loved and cared for, and that will speak volumes to them in the tough moments of their life. We have an incredible opportunity in this place to impact the next generation in a mighty way. And it's a story of teenagers, some that you will never meet on a Sunday morning, but are gathered downstairs on Sunday evenings and calling this place their church through the edge, a place to have fun and to serve and to talk about, what, about the tough things in life and how it impacts their faith and how their faith can sustain them. It's a story of a reading program over at our Rockville campus and kids finding love and help in school and reading exercises and crafts and snacks. It's a story of lambs at that same campus and mothers who gather there on Monday mornings to find hope in the form of baby clothes and diapers and community and so much more. And it's a story of hundreds of preschoolers that come here Monday through Friday singing, memorizing Bible verses, playing and learning at Linglestown Christian Nursery School. It's a story then of coffee and hospitality, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week when parents don't have to leave after dropping their kids off, but can stay and find community with other parents who get it. And it changes their life too. And it's a story of music through life choir, bells of life, voice of life here on this stage, a story of people using their musical gifts to praise God and then offering an avenue for us to experience the Holy, the Holy Spirit during worship. And it's a story of small groups that gather every week to study the Bible together, to pray together, to ask those tough questions that you don't want to ask anyone else, but to be in a safe space that creates one more opportunity for people to know that they're not alone in a world that is so lonely right now. 
And there's a story here of us moving outside of our doors, of packing food with Nutri-Packs for, for the kids in our community, for ringing bells for the Salvation Army, for making cards and cutting blue jeans like we did a few uh, weeks ago for handing out candy to kids dressed in costumes for hiding candy and eggs out on our grassy field, becoming part of a live nativity, creating spaces in everyday life for Christ to be witnessed among us. There's so much opportunity here. And my friends, I haven't even been with you five months yet. You all reflect Christ's light in big and mighty ways, and it is so exciting to be a part of it. There is so much more that I could say. That list is not extensive, so please don't tell me if I missed something, because it's all so much, and I can't wait to see what God is up to next. Now, last week, I spoke about this card, and if you're here for the first time, I apologize. Um, you, can, you can just hum for a little bit, but uh, this card is an invitation. Um, in a few moments, you'll be invited to uh, bring this completed card. If you didn't get it in the mail or you don't have it, there's ones in the back that you can fill out if you forgot. Um, and the hardest thing about this card is that there are so many unknowns about our future, right? So much is unknown about what next year will look like. But here's something that I can tell you. This card is not binding. It says so right on it me or anyone else, we're not going to be knocking down your door or calling you if you didn't keep to this at all. We, we're not in the business of doing that. This is a covenant between you and God. And maybe this is a really tough year for you, and so especially that last line of giving is something that you just can't do right now. And I want to talk to you if that is the case, because maybe this is our turn to help you this year. Making this covenant, though, has the, has the power to change your life. I said this last week, but I'll say it again. There's a smaller portion. There's two parts, so you cut it along the dotted line, and you keep this smaller part, and I encourage you to keep it in a place where you will see it, maybe not on your fridge or in a place where others will see it, but on your nightstand or your home office just for you. And as you see it, I invite you to think about the ways that you see God's light and love and joy reflected in the world as you move through, as you, as you see, as you do these practices. Because God moves in the world without us moving at all. God is God, and God does God's work. But when we are intentional about our walk and practicing our faith, we see God moving as we become a part of God's work in the world that God wants us to be a part of. So this tattoo has been on my arm for over a decade now, and its original meaning has changed a bit for me. The original meaning is still there, but since then I have become a pastor. And in our United Methodist denomination, I am an itinerant pastor, which means that I will not be in one place for an extremely long time. Pastor George was with you all for 17 years, and I don't know if I'll ever hit that record, because that's so odd for our denomination. But wherever I am sent, I believe that I am called to drop my anchor in the water and to make that place my home fully, being fully invested in it and rooted in it for however long I stay there. And I want to be in this place for a really long time for a very long time. 
My family is so happy to be docked here in Linglestown and to be making a home here. And I hope that you all will be making your home here, keep making your home here with us too, by worshiping and serving and growing and giving and sharing. Because when we all shine in that way, the reflection can be seen for miles and miles and miles. And so in a few moments, the band is going to come up to play, and you all will be invited. We're going to move the church in the back up to the stage area here, and you'll all be invited to come forward um, with your covenant cards. You can put your, your um, connection card in there, too. You can put your offering in there. Um, whatever you have to bring, but this will be a time of us connecting with God, making a covenant between just you and God for how you are looking forward to the ways that God will work as you share your faith with others. I invite you to pray with me. Thank you for joining us on the Linglestown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more on www.lingostownlife.org. God bless you, and may you go forth and love God and love others.